Good evening, Facebook world. Another great day. And uh, it's going to be a great, great time. Um, this is probably going to be my, um, I'm trying to be consistent every day. However, I've got to go out of town, so I'm not sure how consistent while I'm going for the next week. But I intend to get back to it uh, just as soon as soon as I can. You know, one of the things I was talking about before was the uh, the one funnel away challenge. And one of my things was to actually tackle that and, and get mine launched before um, before I left. But unfortunately, I've got some editing on that book of mine. It's a great book and you're going to love it. But it looks like it's not going to. Uh, I, I got it over to my editor just a little too late. So I was kind of told it's going to take a little longer than I anticipated. But hopefully uh, while I'm going, if I can uh, get hooked up, uh, if I can get a connection to the Internet, uh, but I'm not going to be around where I can actually uh, have a lot of connection. But hopefully I can get to the Internet and uh, I just need to switch uh, one one thing out and then uh, fire it off, send it to everyone, and everyone can have a good time with it. But on that note, you know, I, I was thinking, um, they talk about adding value. And I had mentioned before to my children, I see my son's uh, hooked up there. Yeah, but uh, one of the things I always talk about is my favorite book, The Winning Attitude. At the beginning of the book, John Maxwell talks about flying in an airplane and making turning it into a... Um, learning experience and the pilot uh, who he was with tell tells him about um there's an indicator on the plane called the attitude indicator and that's what really piqued his interest talking about attitudes excuse me a second my eyes yeah so attitude indicator and the attitude indicator is is really uh it was interesting because it talked about uh, how important it was. It's the relationship of the plane to the horizon. And they have a nose-up attitude and a nose-down attitude. And it talked about the different um, qualities uh, associated or the different experience you get if you're in a nose-up or a nose-down. And that, uh, just like with, with us, uh, an attitude is always needs adjusting and when it, it talks about when they have a nose-up attitude, you know, things are a little slower uh, as you're climbing, uh, but you're, you know, you're moving to a different height. As opposed to a nose-down attitude, you know, everything speeds up and it goes a little faster uh, and less energy is used. So it's kind of interesting the way, that, uh, and he talked about uh, because of that, uh, they they even have a way, I'm not sure it's dated now, of teaching attitude flying, where you fly by um, by keeping keeping track of the attitude of the plane in relation to the horizon. But anyways, uh, there were so many other great stories uh, in this book. I, I just thought, uh, since I was on this thing of, you know, staying in that positive mode, that I'd share, share a few here tonight, uh, like I said, uh, yeah, I'll be off for a few days, but I thought I'd keep a couple of these. Um, it's kind of like the attitude between these two Masons that he talks about. Excuse me, I grab my glasses. He talks about 
One day, a man was watching two masons working on a building. He noticed that one worker continually frowned, groaned, and cursed his laborers. When asked what he was doing, he replied, just piling one stone on top of another all day long until my back is about to break. The other mason whistled as he worked. His movements were swift and sure, and his face was aglow with satisfaction. When asked what he was doing, he replied, sir, I'm not just making a stone wall. I'm helping to build a cathedral. <laughs> Excellent attitude in that one. Talking about the, well, the contrast of attitude. And it also relates to that, uh, that law that we talk about, the universal law of polarity. There's a plus and a minus to everything, good and bad. Uh, again, the polarity uh, rule is kind of like you say, how do you know that you're inside unless there's an outside? You see, it's all, rel it's all relational. You can't know that you're inside unless you know that there's an outside because if you're, you won't know which way it is. So it's kind of kind of interesting concept there. Okay, now a couple more of interesting stories in here. Probably one of my favorite ones. Hold on a second. Let's see if I can get it. My favorite one was about Ben Franklin. And let's see if it was this way or that way. Yeah, it was a, a, a different story that you hear. Right? It was either Thomas Edison or Ben Franklin. But I'll let you know in one quick moment. I got these tagged. Ah, here it is. It is. Well, I need my glasses again. Take them off. Okay. Yeah, it's about Thomas Edison. Uh, what his son uh, wrote. His son recalled a freezing December night in 1914. Unfruitful experiments on the nickel-iron alkaline storage battery, a 10-year project, had put Edison on a financial tightrope. He was still solvent only because of profits from movie and record production. On that December evening, the cry, fire, echoed through the plant. Spontaneous combustion had broken out in the film room. Within minutes, all the packing compounds, celluloid for records and film, and other flammable goods were burning. Fire companies from eight surrounding towns arrived, but the heat was so intense and the water pressure so low that attempts to douse the flames were futile. Everything was being destroyed. When he couldn't find his father, the son became concerned. Was he safe? When all his assets being with all his assets being destroyed, would his spirit be broken? Soon he saw his father in the plant yard running toward him. Where's mom? shouted the inventor. Go get her, son. Tell her to hurry up and bring her friends. They'll never see a fire like this again. Early the next morning, long before dawn, when the fire barely under control, with the fire barely under control, Edison called his employees together made an incredible announcement. We're rebuilding. He told one man to lease all the machine shops in the area. He told another to obtain a wrecking crane from the Erie Railroad Company. Then almost as an afterthought, he added, oh, by the way, 
Anybody here know where we can get some money? Later, he explained, we can always make capital out of a disaster. We've just cleared out a bunch of old rubbish. We'll build bigger and better on the ruins. Shortly after that, he yawned, rolled up his coat for a pillow, curled up on a table, and immediately fell asleep. Now that's positive attitude. Whoever thinks of something like that. But that's the attitude that Thomas Edison had. Just one more quick story. And uh, yeah, just one more quick story. Um, this one was about two frogs called Positive Resistance. Two frogs fell into a can of cream. So, or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, said number one. Tis fate, no helps around. Goodbye, my friend, goodbye, said world. And weeping still, he drowned. But number two of sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise. The while he wiped his creamy face and dried his creamy eyes. I'll swim a while, at least, he said. So... Or so it has been said. It wouldn't really happen the world if one more frog was dead. An hour or two he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter, but kicked and swam and swam and kicked, then hopped out via butter. Very interesting. Very interesting story. Okay, so that's, uh, let's see, that will be, let me see, just one more if I could find it. It was a good one on uh, Abraham Lincoln. I'm sure a lot of people have heard the story, but maybe someone hasn't heard the story of Abraham Lincoln. It's called Abraham Lincoln, The Biography of Failure. Okay. He had, okay, this is all about Lincoln. He had a difficult childhood, less than one year of formal schooling, failed in business in 1831, defeated for legislator in 32, again failed in business in 33, elected to legislature in 34. Fiance died in 35, defeated for speaker in 38, defeated for elector in 40, married, wife of burden in 42, only one of his four sons lived past the age of 18. Defeated for Congress in 43. Elected to Congress in 46. Defeated for Congress in 48. Defeated for Senate in 55. Defeated for Vice President in 56. Defeated for Senate in 58. And behold, the year I was born. Elected President, 1960. And it says, accepting failure in a positive sense becomes effective when you believe that the right to fail is as important as the right to succeed. That's excellent. So it's important to know that failure is part of life. Failure is part of the learning process. Failure is part of the success process. So embrace failure, knowing that that just brought you one step closer to being successful. Thank you, and I'll see you probably in a few days. Uh, uh, again, my uh, podcast, I'll drop a 
three or four of those out there while, while I'll be gone. Um, it's anchor.fm, and it's um, titled, my channel is titled, um, it's not the, uh, uh, success is not the destination, success is the journey. So, enjoy. It's been a pleasure. Have a good evening and talk to you, uh, if not in the middle of next week, then uh, next weekend.